Like, that's all I had. It had to work. I didn't have a plan B. Like, I didn't even know how to sell real estate. I didn't, I didn't know, like, I didn't know nobody. I just knew this was my plan for me because the, I, I have nothing else to fall on. Welcome back to another episode of the Traffic, Sales, and Profit Show. I'm your host, Lamar Tyler. And guess what? We're here again to talk about two things, right? Business and wealth. And today we're focusing on that wealth piece. And when we talk about wealth, always share that, hey, you can make money, but what do you do with the money that you make so that you can preserve it, so that you can build it up and then transfer it down? One of my favorite ways to do that is through real estate. And yeah. oh, I got a good one for you today. <laughs> today I'm joined by Terrica Lynn Smith real estate developer and guru. Thank you for joining the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here. Um, We got connected with my man, Neo. Shout out to Neo. Shout out to my brother. Neo's like, listen, I got somebody you got to have on. When Neo told me that, I didn't ask no questions. I was like, this is the date we're doing it. Let me know if she can make it. And I was going through your backstory, which is amazing. So before we even get to the real estate part, um, let's talk a little bit about you because Mm -hmm. I think it's just so motivational. that you've been able to achieve what you've achieved in life. Right. So like, 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 can we talk a little about your story? Why don't you tell us Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, I think a lot of people see the success now and don't really know where it started from. So I am excited that you did ask that um, because a lot of the times, you know, what I've accomplished now seems out of reach. But if you mm. know where I started, then obviously, you know, um, I believe anybody can have wealth in real estate. It's super easy. And it's actually one of the easiest industries to get into. Um, but, um, I started, I grew up with a mother who was on drugs, a father that was on drugs. Um, they, you know, my mother, um, was a a very strong addict, you know, um, to the point where when I was five years old, she sold me to a drug dealer, um, amongst me and my siblings. And so, um, obviously that created a rebellious child, someone, um, who was very angry. And so, um, I eventually ended up in foster care and I spent, um, most of my, childhood in foster care. And so I would run away from different group homes. And, you know, um, I eventually um, ended up traveling on the road at 16 years old as a minor selling magazines from state to state. So, I mean, I had been to over 40 states by the time I was 17 years old. I really didn't even, you know, like I just traveled because I, you know, I wanted to get away from everything that I was going through. I got pregnant at 16, ended back up in New Orleans, and um, I had my son, and then I was homeless. Uh And so um, we lived up under a bridge um, for a day. Um, And for me, that was one of the lowest moments of my life, you know, because up until that point, you know, I tell people I had a right to be angry. Like I had a right, you know, to feel how I felt. I had a right to me to do whatever it was that I was doing at that point. I had that right. And so, you know, when I looked down at my son, I realized he didn't have that right. Like Mm -hmm. this was going to be a fresh start for him. And I had to choose what type of mother I was going to be for him. And, you know, I made him a promise that as long as I had air in my lungs, we're going to get from under this bridge. He's not going to experience poverty anymore. He's not going to know what hunger feels like. Like, he's going to live a good life. He's going to live the life that I wish was given to me. And so um, 
you know, I ended up getting pregnant again at 19. Mm. <laughs> and then right after that, Hurricane Katrina passed. And then um, we got relocated to a city called Lafayette, Louisiana. I think for me, you know, um, during the time we was trapped in New Orleans for Hurricane Katrina, because we didn't evacuate. We were some of the people that stayed because we were poor. We didn't have money. They're like, why people stay? Well, we didn't have no money. They have options, right? Yeah. <laughs> what you think we're going to do? <laughs> you know, most people ride the bus. So what you, they like, why you ain't getting a car and drive? We didn't have one. Mm. Come on, cut that out. Um, and so, you know, for me, I hated that moment. I hated not being able to provide, you know, for my children. At that time, 19, I got two kids, you know. Um, and so when I got to Lafayette, I immediately went to work. I said, I'm not going to rely on the government no more. I'm not going to be on welfare and food stamps. Like, I don't want no more handouts. Like, I, 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 wanna, I want my kids to have a better life than what they've given us and are choosing to give us. And so that's when I got started in real estate in 2006. Mm. I, I love that story for multiple reasons. But, um, like, the part about your children, I feel like, like children force you to go higher. Yes. Into another level many times. Like, even if it's like, mm -hmm. I won't do this for myself. Yeah. But you like my kids? Yeah. Like, nah, you know, like I'm going to make sure they straight. Right. And I love how you said, like, at that moment, it wasn't even about you. Mm -mm. It's like him, right? Like, That's like right. nah, he's not going to be in this situation. Right. So I'm going to do what I got to do so that he's not in this situation right. going Absolutely. forward. Absolutely. Yeah. And that was huge for me. Like, a lot of people be like, you know, what was the light bulb? You know, like, I, my mentor was homelessness. Mm. Period. <laughs> that was my mentor. You know, um, you know, mentors are meant to motivate you, you know, encourage you and inspire you. And I was inspired not to be homeless. Mm. I was encouraged not to live up under that bridge and remain around, you know, other individuals, unfortunately, who've been there for years and years at a time. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I knew that I would I never, ever, ever wanted to experience that again with my family. And so that was like a big changing point in my life. That's nice. I'm, I'm so glad we started with that story because what I often see uh, from entrepreneurs, from people that's, you know, trying to build wealth or create wealth is like you said, a lot of times they'll see where somebody's at now. Yeah. And they use that to make excuses too. Yeah. And, and they make the crazy assumption yeah. that, oh, this person made it here. So it must have been easy. Mm -hmm. Somebody must have gave them a hookup. Somebody, you know, they came from a family with money, mm -hmm. like all these different things. And when I tell them, you know, many times is that the people that made it to the heights that you want to be at, they face the same struggles and the hardships you do. Most of the time, the difference is how they actually act when those hardships come. That's right. And just because you're there don't mean that the hard times stop coming. That's right. Right? Like, like yep. you know, you still face with issues and challenges and Absolutely. stuff. But just about how you, how you deal with, like, I find the people at the top, like yourself, just got a tenacity yes. to deal with them mm -hmm. and how they roll through it. And the, to, to um, uh, what Travis LaProfit we always say, um, reasons sound like excuses to winners. Because oh, the so reasons, <laughs> mm -hmm. the reasons got to go. So I, right. oh, I love that we started with this. Oh, I like that. Dude. We need to write that down. <laughs> I like that a lot. Yes. So, so you say, all right, you you find real estate. How did you first first get started in real estate? Um, so that's such a great question. So first of all, let me back up just a little bit. So yeah. when I said I traveled from state to state mm -hmm. selling magazines. I would ask these people when I pull up, like when I, and I say pull up, when I walk up to their mansion, knock on their door, you know, hey, my name's Sarah, I'm with American Sales, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, I'm like, you live in this big old beautiful home. What is it that you do for a living? And they'd be like, oh, we're in real estate. Mm -hmm. Not knowing that was seeds being planted inside of me. Mind you, I thought real estate was a house. I did not know real estate was dirt. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, I was one of the naive individuals who really didn't understand real estate. So just imagine thinking real estate is buildings and houses, and it that is not even real estate, right? So um, by the time Hurricane Katrina came and I got to Lafayette, Louisiana, I went to real estate school. I knew nothing of what these people was talking about. I mean, it was a foreign language. And so I'm because nobody in my community talked like this. Everybody who I grew up with, all the foster people that I was raised by, all like the group home staff, none of these people talked about ownership. So I had no vocabulary of what ownership looked like. I had no vocabulary of what real estate terms was. So I'm sitting in class and the guy was like, you know, and and you know, the mortgage is gonna be this. And I'm like, what the heck is a mortgage? I never mm. heard of this word before, right? Then he started talking about liens and judgments and encroachments and in conferences. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, I felt like I went to like, a whole, <laughs> like this, this super smart academy of something, you know? And so I was someone in class raising my hand. I'm sorry, can you tell me what a mortgage is? And people literally would look at me and be like, what's wrong with her? But I just didn't know, yeah. you know? And so eventually... But you asked, though. Because most people don't ask. Most people sit there like, I don't know what that is, but I don't, I don't want to look... Mm-hmm. I don't want to feel a certain way. Yeah. Let me tell you something. I was so poor, I didn't care what people thought. Because mm-hmm. I knew I was poor. Like, I knew this had to work or it had to work. So I had... Like, I'm sitting... Like, like I'm sitting there and I'm like, if I don't know this, I'm still not going to know it if I don't ask. And everybody is not in their heads like this. <laughs> and I'm like a deer in headlights, like, yo, am I the only one like that need this class, right? So eventually, you know, um, you know, I um finished real estate school. I go to take the exam. Bro, I felt that thing seven times. I could mm-hmm. not pass that test. I'm like, it's an hour drive. Mind you, I had to sell my food stamps. Okay, like that's old now. They can't come back and get me, but <laughs> <laughs> you know what I said. But I had some of my food stamps, you know. So imagine if I'm getting a hundred dollars, I'm selling two to three hundred dollars worth of food stamps for that hundred dollars. I'm driving an hour to take the test, and I'm riding back as a failure. Mm. You know how hard that is to keep going, and then after the third time, everybody like you need to find something else to do. Like, stop torturing yourself. Stop putting yourself through that. So what was it that made you not give up when the naysayers around you and everything? My promise to my son. Like, that's all I had. It had to work. I didn't have a plan B. Like, I didn't even know how to sell real estate. I didn't, I didn't know, like, I didn't know nobody. I just knew this was my plan for me because the, I, I have nothing else to fall on. Like, yo, I ain't that deep. I tell people all the time, I'm not that deep. So if I can manage to get a 70% on the classroom test, surely mm-hmm. I can go and take this real estate exam and get a 70. Nobody go ask me what I made on my real estate test when they go to invest with never. me. Never. Never. I never got that one time. You get what I'm saying? So I just was like, I just kept on doing it. It was like, it was like I had nothing to lose at this point other than my food stamps. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, um, and at that moment, I needed those food stamps. I only, I only had two, two kids at that time. That's not a lot of yams that they give you. Mm-hmm. Yams is food stamps for those who don't know. <laughs> just so in case y'all trying to check my record. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, I didn't have, like, a lot to give like that. But I was willing to be all in on myself because I knew what I, knew what I was already living in. I knew mm-hmm. where I was. So 
if I stayed here, I already knew the results. But what happens? What happens more if I just push a little bit further? What happens? And that's what I did. I remember I passed that test. I'm like, I'm about to be rich. <laughs> like, I just knew I was about to be rich, right? And I made $5,000 the first year. And I'm like, what the heck? I could have made more money than this at McDonald's in real mm. estate, you know? Um, and I realized everybody was doing the same thing. And I'm, I've always been a great observer. I'll get to, the, I'll stand at the back of the room and pay attention and be quiet and mm -hmm. nobody know who I am. But I didn't got all of the information that I need inside of a room. I always check out a room when I walk into it, right? And so um, I remember, you know, um, watching all the realtors going after the buyers, going after sellers. Like, I mean, they're ripping each other heads off trying to get these um, for sale by owners and stuff. And I was like, what if I work with the people that got the gas stations and the grocery stores? What if I work with investors? And so I created my own niche in real estate where I literally just focused on investors because everybody wasn't focused on that. Mm. And because one rich person knows another rich person that knows another rich person. If I did a good job by this one person and I work for free, I needed that money. You know, like I'm set it up. I need that yeah, money. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't no easy task to be like, yo, I'm gonna work for you for free. Like I'm at home eating ramen noodles, but I'm working for free. But that's how all in I was on myself. I knew if I if I did this chance and opportunity, mm -hmm. he would be like, yo, I got to put her on. Like, that's the right thing to do. And I did. And so he told his rich friend, the next rich friend, the next rich friend, before you look up, I had over 100 investors. It was easy then at that mm. point. But I had to build it up to that point. Another thing is after... Um, how I found those investors, I went back to my roots because I didn't know, like I wasn't calling investors, like I didn't know where they were. Yeah. So I went back to my roots. I started door knocking. Mm. So because I was door knocking as a teenager, agents turned their nose up at it. But for me, it was second nature. I enjoyed going to knock on the door because I would work from nine in the morning to nine at night, knocking on doors, selling magazines. So surely if I can sell magazines, I can go ask somebody to go make them some money. Uh -huh. You know, a, a common thread we've had on the show is so many people that had jobs when they were younger that built their sales chops, mm. right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, we had a guest that was like, I worked in a call center mm -hmm. and I had to call people all during the day. Mm. <clears throat> so that built up, you know, my ability to overcome the no. Yes. Like, no is all yes. I heard all day. Like, that's, that's right. It's nothing you tell me no, that's right? Because, right. you know, right. I, I got 300 more people to call after that. Mm -hmm. I had a guy, I mean, me and him talked about um, how we both sold... Um, cut cold knives and we would go to people's oh, houses that's all hard. Sell steak, <laughs> sell steak knives and he was talking about he was selling them like up in the projects of the Bronx or something he like I'm going in the, right, in the projects of the Bronx trying to sell $500 knife set but yeah. but all of these moments I love it because all of these moments um, build you right it's like yes. like everything in life gets you to the point you're at that's right and and like that's the, um, like like one of the main takeaways I want people to get from this even this episode so mm -hmm. far is that the stuff you've been through in life the things that you've done the different jobs, the careers, no matter what it is, mm -hmm. has made you right the person that's the perfect person mm -hmm. to do the perfect thing at the perfect time. I call it street strong. Mm. Like, I'm street strong. Like, anytime somebody try to break me, I'm like, yo, they don't know I'm from the streets. Like, if I can deal with anything, like, if I can deal with, you know, um, the communities that I grew up in, I can deal with anybody in the suit. Mm. I always look at it like that. So, I just, I rock it. I love it. I mean, you got my mind going. 
Um, I think um, in our communities, I think we've gotten soft. Mm. <laughs> and what, like the conversation I frequently have is, you know, nowadays we're on Instagram, we're on TikTok, and we're talking about we're working hard. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you go back two, three generations mm-hmm. to our grandparents, our grand like that's working hard. That's working hard. I'm talking about like outside, most likely in the sun, because that's the mm-hmm. only jobs they was even giving us. Mm-hmm. If you could get a job. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're gonna complain about we working too hard on the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you talk about like, you know, door knocking from yeah. 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., you know, but somebody canceling out some emails. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you're trying to get me started. Let me get yeah. back to the story. All right, so um, so you pass the test. The first year you do 5K. Mm-hmm. The next year you rich? No, I'm not rich, but I'm the top <laughs> agent in the office, right? Okay. Like, I win all the Century 21 awards. Like, I'm the rookie of the year. Like, I'm everything. Like, by fo- like, focusing on the investors. By focusing on the investors okay. and going back to my roots of door knocking. Absolutely. Mm. And everybody else is probably like, what the heck are you doing? Oh, they couldn't believe I came. I came in like a wrecking ball. Like, I, I didn't care who was in my way. Because, you know, the crazy thing is this. I asked for help. Mm. Like, I asked for help. But because people were so greedy and they felt like it wasn't enough to share, it was either fold her or or, or move her. Like, mm. she's not, she's not going to last if, she, if she's expecting to get help from people in this office, right? And so when I came back, I was unapologetic about it. Like, I was, like... My work, you know, um, spoke for itself. It got to the point where I was doing so much volume. When I walked in the room, I didn't need an introduction. Like, and for me, that was big because of the simple fact people don't know what I've been through at this point in time. I've never shared my story up until 2018. I've been in real estate Mm. since 2006. So they just think, you know what I'm saying? Whatever. I don't know what they're thinking. You get what I'm saying? So now at this point, it's like, yo, this a person, if that person would have helped me along the way, I guarantee you right now, they'll be in a a much different position. But I look back at all those same agents who crapped on me and they not even in the business no more. Mm. They not even doing what I'm doing right now. Mm. You get what I'm saying? And so I find that if I if I would allow them to fool me, thank God I'm street strong. Right. Like they they in a, um, you know. They're in a fancy dress. They can't fold me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so because of that, I was able to work harder than them. I was able to do what they wasn't willing to do. I was able to give the time that they didn't have. And that separated me from everybody in the office. And then they start coming to me like, yo, what you doing? What you doing? I'm grinding. But I bet you they still probably weren't willing to do, even what you told them. Most people still not going to be willing to do what you do, even no. if you gave them the whole blueprint. Nah, not at all. Not at all. They want the they want the money, right? They want to make all the money that you're making, but they don't want to put in all the work that you have to. So what they didn't realize was they may could do something one time. I had to do it three times. Mm. I wasn't known, right? In the community I'm in, like it's Boudreaux, Thibodeaux, you know, mm-hmm. all of these popular family names. Okay. I'm just Terrica. And generational names. You know what I'm saying? They got freaking street signs after them, Ambassador Caffrey and Kali Saloons. These are all rich families in our community. You see what I'm saying? Um, the the Bill Lords, like all of these super rich families that's been owning the real estate in this area for ages. 
And you think they about to just be like, come on, you sweet little girl, and come. At this time, I was, you know, in my 20s, early 20s, so I was very young in real estate. You think they about to do that? No. They grandchildren graduating right now. They grandchildren about to do that. So I had to, you know, like I said, I had to come in like a wrecking ball. Mm. And I was unapologetic about it. Mm. So at what point did you move from, um, okay, I'm on the agent side, that's to, a good question. <laughs> I want to. I want to slide to the. I want to slide to the. Oh, tell me about that. Oh, day. I remember the exact day. Okay, I was sitting at a real estate closing. Now, mind you, at this point, my investors have me doing everything. I'm working hard, label. Okay, I'm finding the deal. I'm renovating the deal. I'm doing all of my my guys are doing all the construction. I'm choosing all the colors, the designs, the staging. You know, then I got to find a buyer. Then I got. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I was okay because I didn't know no different. I'm like, yo, I'm in charge of all of this. Like, you know what I'm saying? And they still paying me my 3% realtor fee. Mm. I'm still making the same money I would if I would have just sold them the house and walk away. So we sitting at the table, right? And I'm all excited for my investor. I'm like, you happy, huh? He's like, yeah, I'm happy. It never registered what I made him. Mm. So at the closing table, the attorney gave us our folders and I opened it. And I'll never forget I saw that check he got, and I said, what the heck? And the attorney did this. This was the slap in the face. He hurried up and closed the folders and said, oh, you have the wrong folder, and gave mm. me mine. That's like sitting in economy. They closed the curtain <laughs> for first class, and you like, what first class doing up there? What they giving now? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's how I felt at that moment. Mm. And I said, oh, mm, they messed up. Because I can't unsee what I seen. So then I called all my investors and I said, hey, um, I really appreciate everything y'all doing for me. Y'all rocking with me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they knew I came from Hurricane Katrina. So, you know, it it was like they felt like they was doing a good charity is what I felt like at the time. Um, I said, but moving forward, I want 50% of the profit. What was their reaction? (laughs) (laughs) They said, why would we give you 50%? I said, because I'm doing 50% of the work. Yeah. I said, in actuality, to be truth be told, I'm doing 100% of the work. I'm finding the deal. I'm doing the work in the deal. I'm doing, I got to sell it. I got to make sure it's Mm -hmm. profitable. And I'm giving you the check and all you're giving me is 3%. They said, oh, no, we can't do that. I had one investor remain. I had over 100 investors. I had one stay with me and say, you know what? Mm. That time that I'm going to get from what you're doing, it's worth it to it's me. It's worth it, yeah. And he stayed. And when I tell you that that year he stayed with me, we did 10 flips back to back. Boom, boom, boom. He making money hand over fist. I'm making money hand over fist. And guess what happens? He started telling his people what we're doing. So when they come to me now, they know you got to give me 50% of the deal. From the very beginning. From the very beginning. From the it. very beginning. I love it. So, um, oh, this is so good. So I got I got so many questions. So as you're going and you then you make the flip. So now you in partnership. That's right. Right. Um, and you're talking about doing all the work. Um I want to peel off for a second because I saw a video online where you were talking about your team Mm -hmm. and building up a Mm -hmm. team, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm sure like you learned a lot of lessons 
<laughs> the good, the bad, the ugly in building a team. But yeah. I want to talk about that for because because we got a lot of entrepreneurs mm -hmm. that watch, and we mm -hmm. always talk about team. Yeah, we talk about wealth, right? You need mm -hmm. a money team. We talk about real estate, mm -hmm. like you need like like the team thing is prevalent mm -hmm. to success. Mm -hmm. Like, what's some of the things you learned about about building a team? Hey, if you're listening, I want you to think about this. Our community needs you. So if I need you to grow your business, there's only one way for you to do it and make it happen, and that is with TSP Propel. TSP Propel is like Netflix for black entrepreneurs. It's a go-at-your-own-pace self-study system of over 50-plus courses. In addition, we give you resources and templates to execute faster, and we're going to do monthly calls with my coaches to make sure you get everything you need and get your questions answered. For more information, visit www.tspropel.com. Um... I would say the biggest thing I learned is everybody don't operate like me mm. and I am not okay with that. Like people be like, you, sh you should be okay with understanding everybody's not going to operate like you. I'm not. Like that is not something I can be okay with because I operate at a level of excellence. I operate at a level of execution. I know I'm going to get the job done. You pass me the ball, we're going to get the touchdown, Period. Okay, I'm Michael Thomas in this joint when he heals, straight <laughs> up. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm dependable. And so all I ask of my team is to be that with me because that's what they expect. If I don't cut a check, they ain't rocking with me. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? So because you are my team, you have to understand the level of execution that we work at. Um, Nehemiah made a post that said, I'm not working with nobody average this year. That's in my phone. It's a reminder. Mm. You know, I just told my assistant, I'm being honest with you. I'm like, yo, I don't know how much you're going to last. How much longer you going to last? I work at a different pace than you. She's been with me for a few years now. You know what I'm saying? It's either you growing or you staying complacent. Right. But we can't stay in the same place because I don't know how to stay in the same place. Right? I'm on a road to a billion. You still, If you're on a road to a thousand, we're on two different roads. But you've been with me too long not to be on a road to a billion. You see what I'm saying? And so for me, when I'm when I'm focused on my team, I'm looking at my contractors. They have to work how I work. Show up every day. I don't care about like I'm not trying to be funny. I don't care about your family right now. Like when it's time to talk about your family, we talk about your family. But when we're at the job site, we working. My architect, don't give me no excuses on why I need to give you an advancement today. That's a conversation I had this morning, right, D? Like, it was an honest conversation. <laughs> I'm not giving you no advancement. Our contract says this, so we're going to remain exactly. here. You get what I'm saying? And so I think when you're building your team, I don't think we should get lost in the cliche of everybody don't operate like us. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get lost in that. Because I'll tell you this, if you okay with people being lazy on your team, then you're going to be okay. You should be okay with the work that they're going to get with it. Mm. And, and most of the time, I would say, if you're okay with that, you're probably not an A player. That's right. Because A players don't tolerate C players. No, not at all. I love it. One of our core values, you got it on the, on the wall right here, right off the set, mm -hmm. is um, um, we strive for excellence. That's it. Like you said, like, mm -hmm. like excellence being like a core piece. Yes. And the thing is, I think um, people are familiar with mediocrity. Like they mm -hmm. they just, they, they accustomed, like the world is just mediocre. Yes. So most companies are mediocre. Yes. Right? Like most, um, uh, shoot, like in real estate, most contractors that come, mm -hmm. mediocre is a mug, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, yes. <laughs> it's yes. like, so, so I, you know, honestly, so I tell people all the time, it ain't hard to stand out. Mm -mm. 
Because, like, the bar in most things is so low. That's right. That if you just hold yourself to that standard you're talking about, yes. you will outshine everybody else and be cream the crop. It ain't even that hard. Let me tell you something. You are so right about that, Lamar. Like, my videographer, I've been through so many crummy ones that when he show up, he already doing what I don't have to ask. That's my mm. love language. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, do something I don't have to ask One less thing for. to think about. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And so he comes in and he gets straight to it. So now he's at a pedestal. I'm giving him more work than he can possibly ever have. I'm probably about to retire him from his job and bring him with me forever. Like, mm -hmm. you get what I'm saying? Because of his execution. So you're so correct when, when you say the bar is so low that to stand out, you know what I'm saying? Let somebody come in here and be like, yo, I got all your appointments booked. I have boom, 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 boom. Come on, let's go. <laughs> you like, say less. Say less. <laughs> like, say less. All right, so, um, uh, this is so good. So you got to the other side of the table. Now you're partnering with investors. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and you're primarily doing flips, it sounds like. Yeah, at that time, yeah. Okay, at that mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Like, what happens after that? Like, what's the next stage of evolution for you in real estate? I, I didn't I didn't know how to keep the money. Mm. All that money I was making hand over fist, it, fast as it was coming in, it was going out. I was acting like, I'm, you know, probably a juvenile term. I'm acting like a female that never had nothing, mm. okay? Soon as the money come in, I go buy something. Soon, You know what I'm saying? I'm eating steak, lobster. I mean, we live in our best life. Let, let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. um, at the time, were you under the impression that the market, however it was, then would always be that way? Because I'm, I'm curious. Cause I know sometimes when people get into stuff and they first get into it and it's rolling, um, like, they don't realize that it cycles. Mm -hmm. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, were you aware that, hey, it's a cycle and things may no, slow down later? No, absolutely or? not. I was, let me tell you, I had no knowledge other than how to make money. Mm. That's all I had. And so what happens is with that mindset, you're not focused on growing that money. You're just focused on making. Yes. So if you just focus on making, you don't know how to retain and grow. And I didn't. And so what happened was it was like it got to the point where me and my husband is now driving to 10 payday loan companies. And, you know, we look down and we have nothing to show for. And I'm like, yo, this is not right. Mm -hmm. How can we be poorer than this in New Orleans and and you know, be okay. And now we're making way more money and we still don't yeah. have money. How is that? Most people ask for raises and still don't see money. Correct. That is a money problem. Money is not attracted to you. It's leaving you. Your relationship with money sucks. And so what happens is you got to say, how can money become more attracted to me? How can I attract more of it? And then that's what I was thinking about. Like, yo, how can I keep more of this? So then I was like, okay, um, I had one investor who would buy properties and he would um, keep them. And so I took my tax return at this point, $5,000, and I used it to buy my first rental property. Uh -huh. I told you, I had 10 payday loans. I needed that money, okay, to go pay those people off. I could have clearly went and paid off all my payday loans, been out of debt. But I chose to remain in that debt and to go and do this. And so then I got my $3,000 real estate commission check that I made on a deal, and I was into that property for $8,000. I said, okay, I'm going to use this money to go and invest in more money. That's what my plan was, right? Mm -hmm. That house almost cost me and my husband to get a divorce. One, mm -hmm. we're not contractors, right? But I couldn't afford contractors. I couldn't afford anything with $8,000 mm -hmm. all in, right? 
So we did it ourselves. And, um, you know, I took that property to my banker. I had a horrible credit score. I didn't even know how to clean up a credit score. But because I had so many investors, my banker said, you know what, we're going to take a chance on you. Mm. So my credit score is 550, but they still took a chance on me. They shouldn't have gave me no money. But because I sent so many people to their bank, Rel- I didn't even relationships. know I didn't even know relationships like that existed. My banker opened my eyes to a relationship like that. And um and so he sent an appraisal out. The, they appraised the property for $60,000. My banker said, "Okay, we got a $60,000 appraisal back off of a $8,000 investment." Yeah. So they're going to give me $48,000, right? Um which is 80% of the value. I'm like, it's this easy to make this kind of money? Mind you, I never had this large amount of money before. <laughs> but then the enemy kicks in. Oh, you can go buy this. You can go buy that. You ain't never had $48,000. It's on me what I do with it at this point in time. But mind you, I told you, I said I had to do something different. So if I would have went shopping, I would have went and bought that purse. I would have went and, you know, bought all this furniture in my house that we needed, obviously, right? I would probably not be sitting here talking to you today. Mm. But I took that money and I went and I bought more real estate because $48,000 gives me a quarter million dollars in real estate investing money. So I was very... Explain that to the people if they don't understand. Yes, no, that's a great point. So what happens is the bank half was called an 80-20 rule, right? Mm -hmm. They'll give you 80% of any loan amount. You just got to come with 20% as an investor. Okay, so if a building costs, let's just say um, two hundred and twenty five thousand dollars, you have to put down 20 percent of that. And 20 percent of that is roughly around forty some thousand dollars. So you can buy about that much in real estate and the bank will fund the rest, the 80 percent of it. I love it. I just want to break that down. A lot of people think for me to get this three hundred thousand dollar you know, duplex, I got to have $300,000 and that is not the case. That is not the case. You do not need that, right? Um, And another cool thing is for those of you who be like, well, yo, I don't have 20%. I would say if if you have five people around you and y'all can split that, then split it. Get into the deal any way, any way possible by any means possible. Like there's always, I always tell people, we we do what we want to do. Like, if that makes sense. <laughs> Talk to Yes. Them. We do what we want to do. I find if we want to get into something, we're going to find a way. If you want a man, you're going to find a man. <laughs> like, straight up. I don't care what nobody's saying. I don't care what no single woman say. If she want a man, she will go and find it. It's the same with money. If you want money, you'll go find it. But we haven't been taught how to go find money. Right. And that's why your show is so important, right? It teaches people how to go find that money. It teaches people how to build that money. Most importantly, teach them how to retain that money and, you know, monetize it. And so I think that that was very important for me, understanding that. And then, you know, from there, um, after I invested that, I kept doing the same approach. And I kept my head down. And so, uh, like, people look at me now, they'd be like, yo, T, like, I want to get rich in real estate. I'm like, yo. I've been in this 18 years. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't just wake up one right. day and be like, you know, I've been through two recessions. How many recessions have you been through? Like, this is an industry where you have to put in the work. This is delayed gratification, not instant gratification. And so once you understand that concept, you're going to be you, you're going to be in a, a much better position with investing in real estate. Mm. So I, I wanted to um, 
hit a few things you talked about. Yeah. It, was, it was a lot of yeah. a lot of nuggets, yeah. right? We got a lot of nuggets in yeah. the, in those pieces. Um, when you talked about getting like the forty eight k from the bank. Mm-hmm. I thought that was vital because mm-hmm. like you said, it was a lot of other things you could have done. Ooh, and I, I feel like bills, I everything. feel like the world loves to celebrate people do the other things mm-hmm. with that money. Yeah. Right. A lot of times, yeah. right? Because it's easy to be like, oh man, I can get my dream car. Yeah. I can get my this, I can get my that. Yeah. Instead of reinvesting that money back into something, right? Just yep. gonna be a, a better play down the line. Yeah. When the car broke down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when the clothes out of style, like all all of the things, right? Okay. But you still like collecting rent. That's right on that property you invested in. Right. So I, I love that, and I felt that was major. And just the other piece of what you're saying, like even with the banking relationships, um, I love what people like you are doing because when you share your story, it illuminates like what people even know is possible. Mm-hmm. And that's what us, um, this building we in, like we own the building. Mm-hmm. But we got jerked around so much mm-hmm. when we said we wanted to buy a building. And it was all just because we didn't know nothing. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what I find oftentimes, too, between us not knowing anything, um, just because a lot of us haven't been in the situation before. Mm-hmm. And then like, like we got like a parent or a grandparent, they can be like, when, right. I, when I bought the building, this would... Because <laughs> right. they ain't bought no building That's either, right. right? That's right. But um, we don't know. And then what I find on top of that is... Um, Specifically, like with black folks, when we going into like banks and financial institutions a lot of times, yep. we feel like they doing stuff wrong, mm-hmm. but we can't prove it because mm-hmm. we just ain't never been in the situation, right? And mm-hmm. if we're not educated, we can't be like, well, hold up, you know, I got the credit, I got the capital collateral, whatever, right? Like, I shouldn't have to sign this. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have to show you this. I mm-hmm. shouldn't, you know, it should be easy for me to get this money. Right. But we just need more people like you <laughs> doing what you're doing and sharing the story where they know, you know what, like, I seen Terrica talk about this. I know it's possible. Right. And then knowing it's possible is something that may encourage somebody to say, you know what? These people say no, but I know I got enough to do it. Yeah. So I'm not gonna quit. I'm just gonna go to the next person, next yes. person and keep moving. Yes. I, I love it. I love it. So um now you're reinvesting, you got rentals. Mm-hmm. Um uh now like you've um you've done a lot of transactions in oh, a lot yeah. of different yes. properties over the years. Yes. Um, what would you say is your sweet spot? Right, because I saw you done rentals. I saw you done development. Yeah. I saw um, 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 you run crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. You know, invest like, like, mm-hmm. like. What would you say is your sweet spot and thing you love to do the most? Um, that's such a great question. I would say my sweet spot is gonna be in the multifamily. Mm-hmm. You know, um, flipping large units and getting an equity place. I think that you can make millions and millions and millions of dollars at a time versus a few hundred thousand dollars. Mm. And so, you know, transitioning more into those larger, like me and D was just somebody in the car, like, you know, we're not a hedge fund yet. Mm. Y-E-T, right? Um, and so, you know, getting more into the larger um, A and B class of investments is gonna be a big priority. Um, and, you know, um, obviously we love developing, we love, you know, building new construction. You know, um, we're gonna be building um, a 50 unit apartment complex um, at some point in time this year, hopefully in quad three. And so I just think that it's important, you know, again, um, for us to focus on, you know, the the actual equity plays that mm-hmm. we have in some of these deals. Um, obviously, you know, the monthly cash flow, I told D this also in the carpool walked up here. That's important to me right now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if we're going to make 20K a month on this, I want it to be net. Like, mm-hmm. I want it to be gross. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So um, constantly buying income 
um, through those avenues is, is extremely important. I love it. I love it. Um, if somebody's watching and they want to get started and they're saying mm -hmm. like, this is great. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I tell them like, like real estate, I think is, it's only like, it's one of two things like real estates and like buying and buying and selling businesses. Mm -hmm. I tell people you can read forever and still never do a deal. That's right. Like, that's like right. that's the only that's thing so I've learned so much by that's reading so stuff. Yeah. I learned like so much by reading stuff. Yeah. But reading ain't helped me with real estate. Nothing. It's yeah. like, like I was reading and doing courses forever. Yeah. But like you said, like sometimes you just got to get, I love how you yeah. said like, hey, you know, you got friends and family that get together. Yeah. Like we got into our first deal. Good, bad. We didn't get rich from it. Yeah. But we got like a wealth of information and knowledge. Right. And like right. we learned so much. Right. And then once we was in, we had relationships. Once we was in, mm -hmm. you know, like the property was marginal, but mm -hmm. it's like the, um, the seller's agent was like, I got two more going up on the same street mm -hmm. next week. Let's go look at it. Mm -hmm. Our lender was like, you got two more properties, send them to me on Monday. But like none of it happened if we don't get the first deal, right? Right. Like if somebody's mm -hmm. like just sitting on the fence and not moving forward, what would you tell them, you know, on moving forward to get that first deal? Thank you for giving me your money that you're saving. Mm. Because the bank is loaning out your money. Right. And you sitting there and you like, yo, I, I'm scared to make a play. Thank you very much for your investment into my legacy. You know, um, and I hope that make you say, ouch, because at the end of the day, you can be doing the exact same thing that I'm doing. I'm no different than anybody in this room. You know, um, the only thing that I can say I did different was executed. Like, that's what I did. I executed on the game plan, you know, um, and. That is what banks are for. That is what OPM, other people's money, is for, is to be able to leverage it um, into lucrative investments that, you know, make great returns for the investors and for yourself as well. Banks are investors. Um, and the other thing is this. Everybody is an investor. Uh -huh. You're just not receiving a return on your investment. And I tell everybody that. Like, you can't tell me you're not an investor. Did you pay for toll? Have you paid for parking? If the answer is yes, you're an investor. You just didn't get a return on your investment. But the person who put that meter on the street, the person who is building that bridge and you got to pay for that tollway, they're receiving the return on their investment, right? Through bonds or whatever the case may be. You are an investor. You just got to choose which side you're going to get the investment on. Uh, That's so important. That's good. That, that reminds me, like one of the, one of the catalysts um, for us getting this building for our business was going to a client's building that they owned. We was like, what you mean you own it, right? Because mm -hmm. we we thought about owning residential. Yeah. But we was like, like you own your office? Mm -hmm. And it was at that moment I realized that we were building wealth, but for somebody else. That's right. That's right. And it was an office spot that we moved into. We was like, we'd be here about two years. Five years later, yep. we're still in there. And when we when we talked to our clients and we realized what they had done, like I said, it just, it just opened up our mindset. And I said, yep. you know what? Every single month for five years, we've been paying down somebody's mortgage. You sure have. You're an investor. Mm. You are an investor. You just didn't get a return. <laughs> That's right. Investors put out money in hopes of a return and or they, you know, lose on the investment, right? Like, that's just yeah. what invest. It's just what it is. That's why I say everybody's an investor. You're either losing or you're making money. Mm. That's it. So if you're paying a mortgage, you're on the losing side. But now you're on the bricks. So you on the you on the um, investor side that yields a return, depreciation, tax vehicles, mm. all the awesome things that come with owning this, right? Every time the lights cut on, praise God, you know, mm. tax deduction, you know. So it's good. 
I love it. All right, this is so good. I could go for like another hour because I got like another hour of questions. But um, if the people want to get more information about you, if they want to learn about buying income, right? Yes. Like, like, how can they find you? How can they uh, oh. uh, follow you online on social and get a hold of, of you? Um, Terrica Lynn Smith on all platforms. So Terrica Lynn Smith. And then um, if you want to sign up for anything we're doing, it's thepropertychallenge.com. All right. So I'm encouraging y'all make sure you get a hold of the propertychallenge.com. I want you to dive in. Right. And, and what's going to be important is for you to take action. Like she's showing her expertise. She dropped a lot of nuggets. But if you watch all of this, if you join the challenge and you don't actually move forward, you're wasting time. Right. You're an investor, like she said, but are you investing in the right things? All right, y'all. We'll see you next time. I hope you enjoyed today's show. We drop new episodes every single week, so make sure you subscribe and turn on notifications. Enjoy the next episode.